another episode of Acts of the Blood God, an independent RPG podcast. I'm your host, Kat Bailey. Joining me, as always, my lovely co-host, Nadia Oxford. Hello, Kat. Um, it's funny, we're recording at, like, ass o'clock, but I don't know when this is going up, so... Uh, happy New Year to yours and yours, if that's where we are at this point. Also joining us is Eric Van Allen. Happy New Year, happy death of the old year. That's right, Poe. Screw 2023. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Indeed. It's 2024 in the future when this podcast is released. Right now, we're recording it in the middle of our run of podcasts here in 2023. But uh, regardless of when you are listening to this episode, this is the one in which we'll be doing our big Acts of the Blood God 2024 Look Ahead, in which we talk about the RPGs that we are looking forward to the most. If you listen to our Game of the Year roundtable, which if you didn't, why didn't you? It's over yeah. on the Patreon right now, just available for five bucks. Go click on it. It's our big roundtable we did with Michael Hyam and Len Hafer, in which we recapped all of the best games, all of the best games, not just the RPGs. So we talked a lot about RPGs. Let's be real. We mostly talked about RPGs. We weren't talking about Call of Duty or anything like that in that episode. Um, no, it was, it was mostly RPGs, although uh, I'm sure I let a couple of uh, strangers slip in there. Yeah. Yeah, I can't even remember. I'm like trying to think back to my list and it's like, yeah, it was mostly RPGs, wasn't it? Um, so my memory's a little hazy. Uh, of my list at this point but yeah this is the one where we look ahead to 2024 so we'll get to that in just a moment but before we do that if you enjoy the show please leave us a review on the podcatcher of your choice you can follow me on twitter at the underscore kappa nadia's at nadia oxford and eric is at cmusi and we have a shop if you want some new year's stuff get our hoodie get our t-shirts get our pins shop.bloodgodpod dot com and hey it's a new year and maybe you want to support us on patreon patreon.com slash bloodgodpod which keeps the lights on allows us to pay wonderful people like victor hunter travel to events and spread the good word about the blood god the blood god's gospel and talk about rpgs general seriously though your generous support has kept this podcast going for three years now Three Dang. years ago, we started this podcast on a hope and a prayer. I remember Nadia going to bed the night before and being like, please don't embarrass myself. Please don't end up with a podcast that's like making a hundred bucks a month. And it's like, okay, like what is even going on here? Y'all showed up in a big way for us. And I'm still so flattered and so honored that uh, you helped us build this community helped us build up this discord and we've been going strong for three solid years. We brought on Eric, we brought in Victor, we brought on Mike, we started Charlie and dropouts. We raised tons of money for charity. We've done so much content. It's all because of you. We couldn't do it without you. So no, uh, thank you so much for all your support. If not for you, I'd be like evangelizing in an airport and then I'd get punched by Robert Stack in air, like an airplane. So uh, yeah, thank you. Thank you. And if you support us on the Patreon, not only can you get access to our Game of the Year special from uh, 2023, you can also get access to our Pantheon of the Blood God deep dive into Xenoblade Chronicles, which is going to be out on January 
3rd, that is uh, two days from now, as of the release of this episode, first Pantheon of the Year, so that is available to our patrons. And uh, hey, even though we're recording live now for everybody on Twitch, starting on January 6th, mark your calendars, we will still be doing the pre and the post show for our patrons, our Stars of Destiny patrons. So if you want to go and do the little pre-party and the after party, come hang out with Blood God After Dark with coffee, uh, that's with our Stars of Destiny tier on the patron. So that's the that's the Patreon. I'm doing my due diligence. Thank you, as always, for your, your support. You're all always great. Always got to do that housekeeping. The, my favorite thing is that I see like so many familiar faces all the time of people that I know have been around pretty much from the start. Like Ruka, I, I think has been around from the start. JB, Zixa. Riley, I think is a relatively new face. Riley, I'd, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but uh, we're, we're super grateful for having you all here. You're, you're Absolutely. cool. Absolutely. Yeah. Thank you for joining us, Ro- Riley. I hope you've been really friend. enjoying it. Been a great addition to the uh, community. Super Moop. Yeah, Super Moop. I love Super Moop. Uh, anyway. <laughs> uh, Super yeah, Moop. I love, I love Grimby. Can I have another bumper sticker? <laughs> we love you, Super Moop. This is my like third day in a row podcasting. I've, I'm just getting loopy at this point. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, wow, Super Moop. <laughs> it's crazy. Everyone's anyway. talking about it. You're hearing it more and more. <laughs> <laughs> they say the Super Moop is out there. let's talk about 2024 and rpgs 2023 was an absolutely crazy loaded year there was so many amazing rpgs will 2024 match the uh the the just incredible wealth of rpgs i guess we'll find out so the way we're going to do this is sort of like our game of the year roundtable we're all going to list five RPGs that we are really excited to play and uh, we'll talk about them. And maybe that'll give you a nice idea of the spread of RPGs that, uh, that we are looking for and that you can look forward to as well. All right. Yes. I'll start this time around. I'll uh, list five RPGs that I am excited to play and I'll start with Number five, Dragon's Dogma 2. Didn't really play Dragon's Dogma 1, except for a little bit. I remember previewing it a long time ago for OXM and being like, this is a really good game. I really should play it more. I like the concept of the pawns. I enjoy climbing on the monsters. And from all accounts, Dragon's Dogma 2 is more of the same. Yes, please. I will be happily doing that. Yeah, I kind of missed out on on Dragon's Dogma the first time. I don't know why, but it is something, like, even though it's not on my list, it is definitely something I want to get a hold of. I think I downloaded the original on my Switch and just uh, never really got into it because it was the Switch light and the screen just wasn't really... The screen just... Sometimes the Switch is not a, a great fit for every single game. But Sometimes, yes. Yeah, so I'm looking forward to kind of starting over with Dragon's Dogma 2 because I don't think you need the first game to get into this one i could be wrong but it doesn't strike me as such no it's, it does not seem that way it's a really interesting game dragon's dogma 2 because it came out 
at such an interesting time. And now we are in a very, in a world where we are much more accustomed to FromSoft to these types of games. And and to be clear, I'm not saying that Dragon's Dogma is a FromSoft game, but I, I feel like comparisons will immediately be drawn to Elden Ring, uh, for example, uh, because they have similar ideas, similar functions. And I am really, really curious to see what, how well it's received in a time where we're more used to these ideas, where we're more used to these sorts of things. But uh, there's something about Dragon's Dogma and its pawn system that I just think is so unique and so much fun. Uh, I love like making a pawn, sharing the pawn, recruiting other people's pawns, the way that pawns can like learn things and you can send them other places that felt like it was a precursor to all the amiibo stuff that eventually came to Smash. Uh, oh, yeah. Yeah. I, I really do think Dragon's Dogma 2 is going to be an interesting one to watch. I do too. Another one that's interesting to watch is number four on my list. It's a remake, Persona 3 Reload. Mm. I Okay, so Persona 3 is a game that I've normally really like. I've gotten as far as September in that game, but I've never finished it. I did try to do a, a Persona 3 playthrough, and then I went to the British Virgin Islands and completely fell off and fell behind <laughs> That's right. and completely failed. It's a failed uh, segment. Failed LOL. school. <laughs> I tried. But I'm getting another chance at Redemption with Persona 3 Reload, which I got a chance to play in New York back in August, and I really enjoyed. I... The thing that stands out to me about Persona 3 is that it's a lot uh, lighter than Persona 5. Uh, Maybe more straightforward, more streamlined, and I sort of appreciate that. Also, I kind of like the Tartarus conceit. I think it's just a tighter game overall. Persona 4 and Persona 5 grew it, the formula, so much that it in some ways became sort of overwhelming. Also... I like blue as a color. I find it easier on the eyes. And yeah, me too. The the just the bluer aesthetic makes it feel brighter than Persona Five. Really, I think like Persona Five is just vivid. It is redness. vivid, but I I mostly think of it as red and white. Yeah, in my oh, mind's I think eye, of it as red and black is my mind's eye. Red and black, a lot of reds and blacks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. because of Morgana. Damn it, Morgana! Damn it, Morgana! <laughs> Persona, Persona th- say green. It's a super move. Yeah. Persona 3 Reload is another one of those games that I'm really curious to see how it's received now that it's, you know, four and five, especially five, put Persona on the map. Because uh, I love Persona 3. I love how dark and edgy and weird it is. And I feel like as much as I like Persona 5, uh, I, I still it feels like it's gotten away from that Shin Megami Tensei and three is where I could still feel like the tangible bits, the, the paint flex of, of Shin Megami Tensei on it. So, um, yeah, yeah. Really curious to see how like P3 reload is received. I think that, uh, as I recall, the original persona three still had the name Shin Megami Tensei on it. Shin Megami mm-hmm. Tensei. Oh, persona really? Three. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. The first time I ever heard of Shimagami Tensei was because of Persona 3, actually. Oh. Um, I think that at that point, we had had um, SMT3 had come out, among other games. But 
Persona 3 was one of the first to really break out into the mainstream. And when I was in Talking Time, back in the day, back in the old it was days. a very popular uh, Festivus gift that we were doing Every, around. Everyone was giving each other Persona. I think I remember that. It was a huge game on that on that message board. It was. I was it's like, I, I don't first know what heard Persona, Persona 3 really. is, but everybody's talking about it. Yeah. Um, I mean, I kind of, I had remembered Persona, like, in my memory, like, it, I was like, oh, is that that weird RPG on the PlayStation that I didn't really know, know what to make anything of? And then, uh, yeah, 4 came around. It was also very popular on the forums. or And then, of course, by the time 5 came around, I don't think it was there anymore. I got a um, a Festivus gift that was shipped all the way to Japan. Wow. Very kind of them. Yes. That's very nice. Uh, yeah, they actually went above and beyond with the, the gifts they sent. One of them was uh, Persona 3, and that was uh, when I discovered the series. I was like, I think this game's pretty cool. I like Kat, it. Were you there the year that Shivam got someone gave him a fully blown up framed poster from Suikoden 2? No. Like of the cover art? Oh, it was really I think nice. I did. I think I was. Yes. That's really incredible, isn't it? Yeah, I'm so jealous. Everyone was jealous. People really went for it. Yeah, I've seen that art, actually. It's still hanging in his house to my recollection. Ah, steal it from me, please. Yeah, a deal. Number three. Little game from Vanillaware. Unicorn yeah. Overlord. Oh, cats on that Let's unicorn go. train. Let's go. The unicorn on the unicorn train. train, baby. I mean, it's Vanillaware doing a tactics RPG. What else is there to say? I don't it, know I, much about it, honestly, but it looks cool. <laughs> there was actually a new info drop today that I thought was really, really cool where they showed some of the like building up supports uh, so you can build up a relationship with between your characters and they'll fight better in battle together. And there is even like a, a marriage sort of Uh-oh. option. Uh, so it's Here really cool go. to see Vanillaware just tackling some things that do on its face look very Fire Emblem, but also... I get weird vibes of like heroes of might and magic and some of those other ones where you'd kind of have like a hero's party that was walking around between cities and things like that, where it was kind of blending strategy and RPG in really interesting ways. And I, I'm just, I'm really excited for it. Vanillaware is a really fun studio and they always make things that are really gorgeous to look at and really interesting to play. And, uh, I am personally very excited for unicorn overlord. Yeah, not, much to say about this one, except that generally speaking, Vanillaware makes good games and mm. the art is absolutely second to none. And I like myself a good, I like myself a good tactics RPGs. So I'm happy to put that one on my list. Number two is an expansion. Elden Ring Shadow of the Erd Tree. Oh mm. yeah, that's going to come out. I can't see it not coming out next year. It's going to come out next year. Delaying DLC until 2025 seems kind of wild to me, unless From Software just decides that they're effectively making a sequel, which, hey, it happen. wouldn't be the first time. No. But the fact that they're taking this long to make it suggests to me that we're going to get something pretty remarkable. And historically, From Software's expansions have been excellent. Bloodborne had... By all accounts, I haven't played it. I've been meaning to get around to the old hunters. Everybody was always like, Cat, you have to play the old hunters. And I'm like, I, I will. I started Robert playing Riley's it. Robert Riley's going off on you already. 
I was walking down a river of blood and like mosquitoes were attacking me. And I was like, oh God, okay, no. Ah, I got to finish this game. Horrifying. Yeah. I love Metal Gear Solid 3. Are there giant mosquitoes in Metal Gear Solid 3? I guess there would be. It's the jungle. No, there's there's the part in Metal Gear Solid 3 where you're walking down the river and there's a bunch of like dead people attacking you. Oh, okay. That happens. Yeah. 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 Uh, Riley informs me that you fight the best queer-coded lady in video games. Oh, is that um, Maria of the Clock Tower? I think yeah. so, yes. Uh, yeah. Riley's very excited about this. So um, my point being, I have all of the faith that Shadow of the Earth Tree will be coming out. It may not be coming out until toward the end of the year, but when it does, I will play it because Elden Ring is one of my favorite games ever. It's pretty I'm very great. excited to play it. And number one, it's maybe a surprise to some, but maybe not a surprise if you've been listening to me talk on this podcast of late final fantasy seven rebirth i knew it yeah i knew it i'm in Mm -hmm. february 29th Mm -hmm. the fact that this game is coming out on a leap year oh that's right of course they did that yeah perfect weird that's that's square right there let's make it on a leap we can't celebrate its anniversary until four years later yeah it's too special the gang's all here so here's some of my problems with ff7 remake Aside from a lot of the things. <laughs> I'm so excited for Reverse. So anyways, here's what I hated about the remake. <laughs> There's a lot that I loved about. Okay, let me start with what I loved about remake. <laughs> I loved all the women in remake. I loved course, the yeah. Yuffie DLC. Um, I loved the graphics and the combat and just the general vibe. I loved the musicals. Oh my God, the musicals stuff was terrific but it didn't have the full cast i really wanted the full cast it seems like the full cast is here finally rebirth yeah. has them all mm-hmm. yeah vincent saw, is definitely there there's pictures of we him saw brooding. Sid too we've seen sid now so the whole cast is there in some way yeah the gang's all here and so rebirth in so many ways feels like it's not holding back in the way mm-hmm. that rebirth re- remake for as much as it got right, still felt like a little too much of a prologue, a very, very extended prologue. And Rebirth feels like the game. It feels like the main event. I'm exploring the entire world. I'm getting Sephiroth walking into the flames. I'm getting Chocobo racing. I'm getting more musicals. I'm getting Yuffie, a full-time member of the party and not relegated to DLC. I'm getting 60 FPS. I'm getting all of it. I'm probably getting skiing. I'm probably going on a date with Barrett at the Golden Saucer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's I'm gonna still be... going to try to get mm-hmm. Tifa. I've never been able to date Tifa, so I'm going to start trying. I always end up with Aerith. Me too. I like Aerith. Yeah, she's fine. Aerith's great. But yeah, I'd rather date Tifa. <laughs> I, um, I think it's going to be... I'm probably going to be going crazy with how they change the ending in Rebirth again. And, you know, uh, not to spoil a remake. I'm just going to try and avoid remake spoilers right here. Uh, there's a character who's going to be in it. We'll see how that goes. Oh, that, I know so, so we consider that. A sp- I guess He's I'm weird on the about poster. it. Yeah, I feel weird about it because like Square has not been subtle about this. Square no. has been very in your face about the fact that this character is in this game. Um, 
Yeah. It's a weird I one. Have, I mean, okay. If you don't want to hear the name, mute yourself now and I'm going to say it. It's Zach. Mm-hmm, anyway, mm-hmm. okay, you can unmute now. You're cool. <laughs> I feel weird about this. Anyway, Final Fantasy VII Rebirth. The thing that I love the most about it is that the development team is just so freaking passionate about this game. I respect it that. Is, yeah, I respect yeah. the passion. I uh, I don't necessarily... I find the creative direction of this series a little bit confusing. Maybe it's not the way that I would go with it. But there's no denying that in many ways, this is the game that I always wanted when I imagined a Final Fantasy VII remake. And I am kind of excited and thrilled to feel like I don't know where this is going. Where is this going? It's a, it's a surprise. It's not yeah. for B to remake. So it's definitely my most anticipated RPG right now. It's Final Fantasy VII Rebirth. So to my, recap, yeah. Dragon's Dogma 2, fi- uh, Persona 3 Reload, Unicorn, Overlord. Uh, what was number two? Oh, yes. Uh, Elden Ring, Shadow of the Erd Tree. And number one is Final Fantasy VII Rebirth. And I'll I'll talk I'll toss in a uh, little dark horse for you. Uh, metaphor Refantagio, which may be on our list of the uh, best RPGs of 2024, or is ultimately released. But who's can say? We're always surprised. I bet if I went back to the beginning of my uh, 2023 preview and talked about the RPGs I was most looking forward to, I'd probably be talking mostly about Starfield and not at all about Baldur's Gate 3. Mm-hmm. No, exactly. Mm-hmm. I probably wouldn't have said a word about Baldur's Who? Gate 3 except to say, oh, I'm kind of interested. Yeah, I'll go for it. Who told you? Who told you so? Who told you? I, I was think. here. Zick said there's no way we're getting Dragon Quest 12 in 2024. Um, so moving on. Eric. What are your top fives? Um, well, first of all, I have to say that now my most anticipated podcast episode of 2024 is the one where you have played Final Fantasy VII Rebirth because I'm really just excited for the two-plus-hour breakdown of Cat after they do something incredibly wild in the last hour of that game, and we just get to experience that together as a community. I think that's really important, uh, and I'm really looking forward to that podcast episode. Yeah, Cat, uh, <laughs> um, are you going to be reviewing this one and you're going to be like taking it all in within a day so you go crazy before you have to write your review again? I don't think I can because I'm going to be pretty busy in February, but I really yeah. want to. I'm going to bug Square to see if they can get me a code early so I can play it and go crazy mm-hmm, over it. Mm-hmm. Oh, we, we we have a podcast now. We have we have pull. We, we have, have we have clout. listeners. <laughs> yeah, we're, big wheels we down wield the cracker our, factory. Our clout our clout strife. Um, so since you pulled an honorable mention, I'm going to pull an honorable mention. That is also a bit of a monkey's paw. Uh, vampire, the masquerade bloodlines Two. This is a video game that will happen in 2024. And I still don't know how I feel about it because it has been in development for a very long time. It obviously went through a lot of very public troubles and then swapped developers is now in the hand of the Chinese room, uh, who you might know for amnesia machine for pigs, uh, which is a very different 
game than what you would expect uh, for uh, something like this, for like a first person RPG. Um, wait, is I'm making sure that was, yeah, it's Amnesia Machine for Pigs, uh, Dear Esther, Everybody's Gone to the Rapture, a lot of like narrative adventure games. So they writing chops might be there, but uh, making a first person RPG in the vampire world, I'm interested to see what they do but i also don't really know but also i have asked for a new bloodlines for a long time so i did make this happen and i'm sorry everyone i uh uh, sorry to interrupt but everybody's gone to the rapture like i seem to recall people being really big on that one like i kind of missed out on the whole quote-unquote walking simulator genre and i don't know why but i heard that one was pretty good I never got around to it. I did play Dear Esther. I thought Dear Esther was fine. Um, I've played a little bit of Machine for Pigs. Um, I'm not. Amnesia is very hit or miss for me. So mm. uh, I, I'm just really curious to see what they do with an RPG system. You know, and that's that's really the question. You're going to find out. We've seen some hits from people that aren't normally RPG developers. So uh, I'll give them the benefit of the doubt. I'm just very curious about this game. Very, very curious. Me too. Um, I think that... Bloodlines 2 is it's more important to get the writing right. It's the most important to get the writing right with that game because Bloodlines 1 was really well written and it was also had a lot of possibilities. You got to get the possibilities mm-hmm. right. So yeah, it's- I have a lot more faith in them than I do in Hardsuit Labs, which uh, really I, fumbled the ball with this game. I don't know. I, I There was only that one gameplay video that ever went public of Bloodlines 2 and it looked interesting and i i had um mm. i don't even know if the archive is on vg 24 7 anymore or not but back in the u.s gamer days i did a pax panel where um i basically just talked with kara ellison who was one of the writers on bloodlines 2 at the time and i was i watched you do that that was a good panel that was awesome. it was a good it was a good panel um shout outs to kara uh who also i feel like at multiple times throughout that panel we i just kind of let her talk and it was fascinating she, to hear she's a talker but it was a good fascinating one. to to hear the things the ideas that were bouncing around about you know what does it mean for vampires when things like climate change are an issue because vampires live forever but the planet still has to exist for them to feed on humans so it was really interesting to hear for example why cli- climate change would be a concern for vampires <laughs> and stuff like that uh anyways i uh I'm curious to see how much of that makes it into this final game, really how much of anything of that hard suit labs project makes it into this final game. But, um, on another note, my actual top five, uh, number five is might be a bit of a surprise for people. This was a last minute change. It was almost dragon's dogma too, but this one I think is going to surprise people. Uh, I'm hoping it surprises people, uh, it is a level five game called Deca police. And it is oh, yeah. essentially, a an rpg where you are a detective who is hunting down criminals in this kind of cyberized world and you're trying to track crimes and then when you get into chasing down the suspect and and taking them down it gets into kind of this battle system turn-based rpg battle system uh i really love that level five is is like back in a big way they've got a lot of games lined up and i'm just very excited for that across the board because i really do like the vibes that level five brings and Deca Police is a really cool merging of a lot of things I like, a very Persona style, that sort of cyberized future stuff, uh, detective uh, investigation stuff, and uh, turn-based battles. So 
I'm I'm really curious about this one. I heard a lot of really good things coming out from uh, Tokyo Game Show this last year about it. It got delayed out of this year. Um, I don't think it was ever really going to make nah, this year, not. honestly. But uh, I, I, I am hopeful that it shows up next year in a good way. Uh, yeah, I think um, Level 5's Revival is something I'm looking forward to in 2024, especially yeah. I think this is the year. I don't know if they confirmed, but we're getting another Fantasy Life. Yeah, there's a new Fantasy Life on deck. Uh, the new Inazuma Eleven looks pretty good. Yeah. I gotta say, it's it looks it looks like a real fun sports soccer RPG in a cool way. Uh, Level Five is also working on their uh, their next Professor Layton game, and they are. I love they, me some. We Layton. got a preview of that. Some Puzzle Daddy, you know. Uh, yeah. Shoutouts to yeah. Puzzle Daddy. I so, I saw the preview where they're showing some gameplay and I'm just like, yeah, I have no idea how to solve that puzzle. Just like old times. Where are my where are my hint it. coins? I, I love it. Yeah, you gotta use the hint coins. Yeah. <laughs> Professor Layton gives you the the good boy hint coins and you gotta cash them all in because you don't follow how the train left station <laughs> A and it's going 60 miles per hour, but then as train B is going this way at a different mile per hour, and I'm I'm too stupid for this. Um, exactly me too it's uh i feel like the best latent game was definitely unwound future and if you can beat that for mm, me i mean good luck if you can but i should i should nothing proved on the, that one i should spend the holiday break revisiting the latent games you should that's a good idea that would be an undertaking i think yeah. that would be an exciting undertaking out goes radiant historia my original plan no <laughs> go back go back are you thinking um, of doing the a new Radiant historia sorry for the delay there but yeah, no, no, I have. Um, I I got the physical copy when it went up on Video Game Plus. Oh, uh, good. They had like a sale of a bunch of reprints of 3DS stuff, so I got my. I finally have hard copies of Devil Survivor One and Two on 3DS. I'm very excited about that. Uh, and I got Radiant Historia, and I forgot what the fourth game I got was. I think it was Shin Megami Tensei: Strange Journey. The, I think I remember the 3DS that. Yeah. Version. Um. But yeah, hey, Azixa, FF6 will happen. It will happen on stream. I'm confirming that here. The next game on stream for Blood God is Final Fantasy VI. It will happen. Also, as of this recording, which is already going to be done by the time y'all hear it, we will have done at least one more Chrono Trigger episode. Possibly the last one. I don't know how long it's going to take, but... You're, uh, not, you're not that far away, though. You still have to do a lot of the side quests, right? Yeah, we got to do the, we gotta do the side, side quests. Side quests are so pretty not, short. not getting ahead of myself, but <laughs> yeah. Final Fantasy VI will be next after Chrono Trigger. Oh. Um, Anyways, that's n- number five is Deca Police. Number four, we don't need to talk about it much. It's Final Fantasy VII Rebirth. Uh, I think it's kind of low on my rankings because I feel like we know what to expect at this point. There's, there's almost. I know I'm going to go in. I'm the highest on Rebirth. Yes, because this is the cycle for you, cat. <laughs> this is the cycle. <laughs> is this the cycle? Yes, yes, you're you're very excited and then you're going to start playing the game and then you're going to get worried. But halfway through, you're going to get really positive on it. And then the ending's going to happen and something bad's going to happen. And you're hey. going to be like, no. And we're going to do a whole podcast. You're just going to do this whole red string. Stop seeing me thing. so much. <laughs> I, well, Max, for maximum impact, I need to be playing it at three in the morning while on deadline. Uh, <laughs> I, I'm I'm so excited for this episode. I'm so ready for this moment. Uh, it's it's perfect. But yeah, Final Fantasy VII Rebirth. It it looks really good. I, I think maybe because we know what to expect at this point, it has less of the surprise for me. But it's still something I'm really really looking forward to. Um, 
Number three is also one we've already talked about. Uh, Unicorn Overlord. Uh, yeah. I love Vanillaware. I show up for Vanillaware every time. Uh, I'm ready to fork It's always over. worth it. Always yeah. worth it to show up for Vanillaware. Yeah, yeah. Number two is one that's coming out very, very soon as of the release of this podcast. It is Yakuza slash Like a Dragon Infinite Wealth. I am so excited for <laughs> Infinite Wealth. Uh, it is... Oh, mm, everything about it is just the right thing that I wanted from a sequel here. I was really concerned about how they were going to do dual protagonists uh, because I love my boy Ichiban and I'm ready for him to take the mantle. And it really seems like they are setting that up in a really, really big way while also giving Cosmic Kiryu his big send off. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I right. <laughs> no, I, I genuinely after playing uh, Gaiden and seeing what we've seen so far of infinite wealth i do feel like we are seeing the end of cosmic curious career why do they need to give him another ending oh because the last ending was very vague and silly and this one this one is a blood and wine ending like oh okay the, the, the last the last scene of gaiden like a like a dragon the man who erased his name i was talking about yakuza 6 right right which is ostensibly the last one Mm, but it was very much it was like the last one but it's like how that that third nolan batman movie like kind of leaves the door open for like batman will return like is this why need- i i don't hear a lot of people talk about song of life when they talk about their favorite yakuza games mm, i think i think no. part of that for me at least is that song of life has some burnout attached to it i was pretty burned out on the series at that point because i just played like I think zero and Kiwami had both come out pretty close to it. Yeah. Or maybe just zero, but uh, I, I do think song of life is, is pretty good overall. Um, not my favorite, but very good. Anyways, infinite wealth. I'm so happy. They're still doing an RPG. I'm so happy. They're doing all the weird stuff that they can do with an RPG, that there's still job systems. I love that all the characters are getting involved. So we're going to see the, the leader of the geo as a party member, we're going to see all these characters from from uh, Yakuza 7 that were kind of on the fringes be a part of the party. It's expanded. It is the Fast Five moment for the series, mm-hmm. and I'm very excited for it. I, I cannot wait. Uh, but number one, the peak, the key, the, the mountaintop, I proclaim it from here. In 2023, I proclaim that in 2024, top RPG metaphor re fantasio mm-hmm. oh it looks so good it looks excellent the style the capital s style i am ready for a persona 5 style game that's just action adventure it's it is persona but make it high fantasy which i'm very mm. excited for i feel like we're in a really good time for high fantasy right now i was remarking this the other day that uh, my favorite anime from this year was a high fantasy anime in, in free run. And then my favorite video game was a high fantasy video game from uh, uh, Baldur's Gate 3. We're in a really good time for this sort of setting. And I love to see the the sort of SMT slash persona take on it. It's still got some management stuff. There was a dev diary that went out and kind of went over some of the systems. And there's still some some management stuff going on. There's this cool system where you can kind of do like an action combo on the field and then go into your turn-based combat, which looks super cool and I'm really excited for. Uh, everything about it just looks wonderful. It looks stylish. It looks fresh. It looks innovative. It looks 
everything. I just want to play this game so bad. Uh, yeah, yeah. Metaphor Refantasio is definitely my one to watch for 2024. Metaphor Refantasio maybe is an example of what Persona 5 was originally going to be in the sense of somebody pointed out that it incorporates maybe some of the road trip uh, mechanics or conceits that maybe were originally part of Persona 5 before they changed it quite dramatically following the um, the earthquake. Um, I right. find it interesting that I kind of thought that they would go full action because it seemed like that's what they want, always wanted to do. But then they ultimately went turn-based. This one's more of a hybrid of turn-based and action. I think that's, I'm happy about that, actually. It seems like they're playing with the systems. <clears throat> and it kind of makes me question the future of Persona in general, because so much of the the core, uh, so much of the core talent has moved on to metaphor, I think. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. I love it. I, I'm really excited to see that team experiment with something new, do something fresh and interesting. Um, I said before when we were talking about P5 Tactica on a previous podcast that I was uh I was ready for us to move on from persona five and even four and three to some extent. I think the remake for three is really, really cool, but persona gets really involved in just making one game and then just like, like taco bell, almost like reusing the ingredients over and over again in different genres and things like that to like, you love these characters. What if they were dancing? What if they were shooting? What if they were fighting? What if they were this? Um, and I like it. You know, I'm I'm not immune to fan service, but I really like the idea that Metaphor Refantasio is just something new, is something fresh, is something different that we are going to see from from this style while still retaining a lot of the things that we, you know, attach to Persona that we see as as a part of Persona. So yeah, yeah, very excited for it. I think it's interesting that you put metaphor at number one and not the impending final fantasy 14 expansion i so you sprung you sprung this list on us right before (laughs) the podcast started so i was in a voice call with some friends already and i was like i gotta make a top five rpgs before the podcast starts and uh when i finished my list someone else remarked that to me and my feeling is that I am very excited for the next 14 expansion. Uh but it's it's kind of a thing that we know is coming. It's it's a thing that is understood. And I think especially after this year, I'm very excited for stuff that's going to feel new, that's going to feel uh different, that's that's going to keep pushing some interesting boundaries. And some of that, you know, infinite wealth you might say like, oh, they're just doing Yakuza 7 again, but they're doing a lot of stuff that expands that system. Even just tiny changes like letting you move during your turn or making an Animal Crossing minigame or all this <laughs> other stuff where it really does feel like these these teams are trying to build and iterate on top of what they've done. And 14 for me is like, there will be a new expansion. I will play the bejesus out of it. I will enjoy it. It will be my first time playing an expansion at launch. Oh, that's which I'm always very exciting. excited about. Yeah. 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 You um, weren't all the way up to Endwalker content when it came no, out. I was I was playing Realm Reborn while people were trying to finish Endwalker. <laughs> <laughs> that's an awkward <laughs> position to be in. I've been there. Yeah, no, it was it was really funny. Uh I, I wrote a blog about it for Destructoid at the time. It was a very strange experience, but uh I yeah, 14 is something that I'm just excited for and I'm happy is happening. 
but it, it's not going to be the big like I cannot wait. Like it's going to happen. I'm going to be very excited for it. I'm going to play it. I'm going to enjoy it. It's I don't want to call it routine, but it's something that like I know is going to happen and I'm just looking forward to it. It's not like, oh, this could surprise me. This could really wow me. I think I know what I'm expecting from a 14 expansion at this point. I'm just really I can't stop looking at the the gif that Supermoot posted in the chat of Taylor Swift going, let's fucking go. <laughs> 2024, am I right? She's That's, having fun there. Yeah, she's That's having a metaphor. great time. Yeah, yeah. If only we could all have as much fun as Taylor Swift seems to be having in her life. Uh, just like, you know, this is hard. To, this is obviously not something you're going to be able to see if you're listening to the podcast, but there's like a picture of the, of the guy who, uh, like a drawing of the guy who scored the touchdown. Do they do that in America? Like, I wish they kind of did that with hockey. Yes, players, uh, right? that's, that's, that's the, a, let's go ahead. So that is, that's Travis Kelsey, who is highly rumored. I don't think confirmed at this point no, to be da- dating Taylor Swift. She has but, said as much. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah. so they are dating. Uh, but yeah, this is like a style thing that Fox does where they have these sorts of like, like comic book animated versions of the players that pop up during some of the celebrations yeah. as a, as a it. graphic. <laughs> it is it's very, I'm a huge fan. As you said, Fox, <laughs> I like, I like a very subtle, uh, interface when I'm watching my football, there was an ESPN college football bug from years ago. That was just very simple. It's just a little box in the bottom right corner that just had all the information. It was clean. It was not huge or taking up a lot of screen space. I think it was a work of beauty and, and they just keep changing it because they're like, well, we got to make it look different. So, hmm. uh, that's that's for me and like the two other people in the world who care about this shit. <laughs> I care football UI. Part one of, of them is on this podcast, Eric. All right, all right. And then there's one other weirdo out there like us. I like a nice clean broadcast. What a can nice, I say? A simple broadcast. Yeah. It's understandable, but it's not too much. You know, you should watch things on CBC then, because you know it's like when you have hockey or whatnot. It's just so very Canadian, very understated. Nadia Oxford. What is your top five list of your most anticipated RPGs of 2024? Well, since uh, we, we get an honorable mention. Uh, we all cheated. We all kind of cheated. <laughs> top six RPGs, actually. My honorable mention goes to Dragon Quest Three HD, which uh, apparently Yuji Hori had played the game himself. He is playtesting it and sounds like it's pretty much almost ready to go. So if it shadow drops sometime next year maybe even early in the year i won't be surprised and um definitely looking forward to it especially since right now i'm extremely dragon quest poisoned i've been replaying builders 2 like i started for the the pantheon which is long recorded and released and i'm still playing dragon quest builders 2 because i'm like oh damn i forgot how great this game was uh so then i'm also playing the uh new dragon quest monsters game which is also great so, uh, yeah, I'll be primed and ready for Dragon Quest 3 HD 2D when it comes out. Uh, yeah. And uh, let's see. I guess my number five would be... I have it written down, but of course I don't know where to put the list. Here we go. <clears throat> uh, I'm just going to make this a quick one and say Final Fantasy VII Rebirth, like the rest of you. It's not a surprise, I suppose. I will say that, you know, okay, yeah, we are going to get something weird. We are going to get something different. But the alternative maybe is 
uh, Sony releasing The Last of Us. Like here, here we put a new pixel in this version, so you go ahead and buy that now. At least Square's doing something completely off the tracks. I'll buy it, Nadia. Yeah, I know everyone. It's the gay lady. It's the gay one. (laughs) But I mean, Sony has eliminated all of their studios just to put like you know they may as well name the studio uh, Last of Us Forever at this point. But just you know, oh, we we made one game that the world calls artistic, so we better just keep releasing it. Final Fantasy VII Rebirth. Yes, it's going to try to be artistic in that. Nadia's just savage. Holy cow. I'm just saying. Don't shake your head at me, Eric, unless you know I'm right. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, Nadia. Anyway. Knives are out over Rebirth. (laughs) Well, it's, you know, I I think I'm right on that one. I'd rather have a remake that does do something a little bit weird and different. I played the original to death and, you know, as much as I would, just like a simple ass you know what they're doing with ever crisis like hey thanks for turning that into a gotcha mess i suppose i didn't want to play it anyway but yeah the point is even though square milks final fantasy 7 like a emaciated cow they try to get something new out of it every time so i I gotta give them props and i mean all three of us are looking forward to this game so they're doing something right can't uh can't deny that i really enjoyed my time with intergrade it was good Yeah. yeah exactly uh, number four, Aiden Chronicles. Is that this year mm, or, or yes. next year? Yeah that, yeah, that is Aiden Chronicles locked in for that's a, my April second release date. That's my yeah. second honorary mention, by the way. We're breaking yeah. too many rules. Yeah, <laughs> it's not on the list, Eric. <laughs> it's just an honorary um, mention. Just want to point that out. Aiden Chronicles. I can't remember the name of the game that came out. Uh, Aiden Chronicles something blank, the 2D. Action uh, the RPG. other one, Rising. 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 That was a great yeah. game. I thought that was mm-hmm. fantastic and had the makings of – it had a few problems. Like it was kind of repetitive. Uh, some people don't like the sprite or character graphics. I think they're fantastic. But some people did say, you know, it's kind of repetitive. And it is. But it was the – it has the markings of a team that knows what they're doing. And this is kind of like them saying oh, – Rising was them saying, all right, let's just kind of – get our get our bearings under us again and so far i'm very excited by the characters like the character designs are all top notch i'm sure the story will be fantastic graphics look great uh yeah looking forward to that one uh number three this is a kind of a sudden entry uh visions of mana i think Mm. it looks actually like a next gen rpg and not just like a 30 frames per second uh bump up of an old rpg I think it looks like a really just a good, fresh experience. And I'm, there's not much I can say about it at this point because I, I, we just don't know anything about the game. But anything mana that gives me hope at this time, at this time of my life, I'll take it. Especially since it just looks like a plain old, plain Jane action game. No more weird, whatever the hell they were trying to do with all the other mana games. You know, town building that didn't work, this and that. Just give me a game where I'm hitting rabbits with a stick. I'm good. And that looks like we're going to get that. So, A plus 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 plus. Rabbits with a stick. Rabid. Mm-hmm. Is it? Rabbits yeah, it is rabid. with a stick. I can't believe they took this long to actually make this game. Yeah. 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 Um. I, sorry, go ahead, Eric. I, I was just going to say, I feel like you could see some of the cogs turning with uh, Second and Setsu 3 getting a release, sure. like an official release here in the West, and then quickly followed by the remake. Uh, you could kind of see some of the cogs turning. So I 
I do wonder if it was they saw enough of a response to the the trials of mana stuff that they were like, ah, oh, let's let's put some people on it. Let's get a unit working and let's see if mana's still got life in it, you know? So Square yeah. the kids yeah. love Secret of Mana. <laughs> we should make more of that. Honestly, yeah. Just uh I think that the there was a bit of a resurgence in the retro field for Mana where they first of all did that really disappointing 3D remake. They should really try to do another remake, but make it not suck this time. The 3D remake of Trials of Mana was very good. The um, collection of Mana was very good as well. And as far as I know, as far as I would suppose, if they were all like, you know, we're we're actually getting a new Mana game, I guess they sold well enough that Square said, hey, uh, let's actually put some money behind a Mana game this time. And uh, who knows what we're going to get. If it's a Square Enix bill of like, kind of a i don't want to say like b tier but like square does love putting out kind of these games that they have their prestige tier that's like their biggest stuff mm. their 14s and their final fantasies and their forspokens and stuff like that <laughs> forspoken hey however successful was it was one that they considered a, a big budget big release yeah uh, but then right under that, they they do love to have their octopaths or even their live alives, which is like a little bit lower. But like that, that little like area just below where it's like almost a double A type game where it can sit just there and it'll target the people like us and the people yeah. who listen to <laughs> this podcast who will be like, yeah, I'll play another mana game. Uh, meanwhile, for me. When are they going to make Dio Field 2? All right. I played all of Dio Field 1. I forgot. It. It so you existed. owe me Dio Field 2. <laughs> Eric has I'm thinking about sicko mode. <laughs> it's like if they want to do Triangle Strategy 2, it's like, oh, cool. Yeah, I, I want to play that. But Dio oh, Field? Yeah, remember that game? Oh, I, I did want, like Triangle Strategy. That was a fun I one. want Harvestella 2. And I was surprised mm. to see that there was like hey, wasn't your celebration anniversary artwork? Like, wow, you guys didn't forget about this game. I'm actually extremely surprised. I loved it. Meanwhile, Dungeon Encounters is dying in a corner. (laughs) (laughs) But for real, Square, make a new front mission. That's what I want. Is there, wasn't there a remake or something? Did, was that any good? Yeah. I hear you. They happened. The front mission yeah. remakes happened. It's fine. Is is kind of the I I hear they're not bad, but they're not like anything amazing. Clearly, yeah, they're Ru- setting Ruka's the, in the chat world saying on it's fire. Okay. Yeah, that's too bad. Uh, yeah. So if they're finally treating Mana right, as, as far as I can tell, hopefully front mission is next. Cat. Heck yeah! You never know with Square Enix; they can pull out things at the last second and like, you hey, never remember know, this? Truly, vagrant story. It's time. Vagrant story too, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> they can still surprise us sometimes and that's that's impressive in this industry in this day and age mm-hmm. uh my number one is i mean this is a very vague yeah, list don't wait, forget did you did you skip i think i think you skipped number two. Oh, okay oh that's because i'm i'm waffling between two your, and one your, here your three your three was visions of mana right yeah yes okay no you're right yeah, because okay, i did so the honorable on mention as yeah, you're up. on two now yeah oh uh, okay so two i'll go ahead and take one for dawn trail and as you said, Eric, is an ex- we're not going to be like blown out of the water in terms of how the game plays. Story might be like, holy crap, I can't believe that happened. But Curious about it, yeah. Yeah, mechanics will certainly be interesting. And um, there's going to be a lot of cool stuff I'm sure they're going to add. But there has to be a certain rhyme and reason to Final Fantasy XIV. So you're not going to be like, uh, oh my god, now you have to play while standing on your head. It's just not going to happen. 
So it doesn't have that surprise element to it, but it's also for that reason, you know, that's not so bad. Predict- predictability can be a good thing at times. It's the fact that I know that I know how this game will play. I know what it will be like, but we're also going to the new world. We have no idea what we're going to see story-wise. We have no idea what this villain is for this game. We just have no idea what the stakes are. And I'm assuming we'll find out more. The Oh my God, the uh, next uh, event is coming up real fast. But uh, yeah, I I think that's going to be, I mean, God, Endwalker uh, knocked it out of the part completely for me. So it'll be hard to top, but I am kind of glad that Square Enix is going for what seems like a more lighthearted tone now. Uh, probably going to get our asses kicked, but I, I'm laughing because I, I was just thinking, I was like, isn't the the story, the theme of this supposed to be a little bit more lighthearted? And in my head, I was like, yeah, the lighthearted story of the Scions taking a vacation by once again, interfering in the politics of another country. <laughs> well, they were asked to be there. That's why I don't get people are angry about oh, it. They, they, they were asked they were to invited interfere in the election. In. Yeah. What's the big deal? <laughs> I, always thought, I just thought it was like a King Solomon thing. Like we have this oh. problem that like, and you're the savior of earth. Maybe you can tell us the answer. <laughs> so I don't know. I just think it's a weird discussion to have, but anyway, uh, I, I love the Scions. They're they're just they're goofy and they mean so well, but they keep doing an interventionism and they <laughs> well, that's how they keep Final getting Fantasy fourteen. That's how they keep getting involved in stuff. I think I it's suppose. more fun to listen to you two talk about it with zero context. <laughs> there are lizard people with problems, cat. The mumble jaw. Yep. And a, a beach and beach anime stories, I guess. Kind of, yeah. For mm-hmm, sure. Mm-hmm. But uh, I'm I'm just looking forward to what comes out there. It's not just about the main quest anyway. It's also about like, you know, side quest stories. I am going to keep building up my island. I don't know who's the sicko in the Final Fantasy fourteen office who deals with the island stuff. But I see you and I love you because I have this like maxed out island that has like all these visitors that come in and say, hi, nice to see you again. And it just attracts NPCs that you love and they're wearing stupid beach clothes and just like, you know, coming over to your your island for a day and effing around and I think this that's so much fun. This is in Final Fantasy 14? Yeah, there's like a, a a side game if you want to call it that, that's where you have your own private island, you build it up, you furnish it, you manufacture stuff for uh, kind of like these island-based uh, coins that you can buy items with and sell them on the market and just get some crazy ass prices for them. Yeah, it's a it's a real thing. And it started out very simple with the, I think it came out when Endwalker came out with like six point something. And it's just since then they've really built up this mini this island mini game so you can have your own kind of of it's not quite Animal Crossing, but it is definitely like very involved and it's getting more involved. And that's why I'm saying whoever's in charge of this at Square Enix, it must be a sub department somewhere in a, a broom closet, just with a, a sign taped on the door that says, you know, Final Fantasy XIV Island Division. Good for you. Kudos. Keep doing what you're doing. I absolutely love the island minigame. And I am the I am the one going around with all the all the uh the minigame, sorry, all the island mounts that you can only get if you're a stupid idiot who earns a lot of money with this stupid mini game. So, hey, everyone, if you see someone flying around an alligator, it's me. <laughs> wearing, wearing like, the, the really adorable uh, farmer clothes where you have, like, a sunflower hat and you have, like, you know, the little gloves with chocobos on the back. 
I look adorable in that outfit, I have to say, or at least my cat boy does. So yeah, uh, Dawn Trail, looking forward to that. We'll see, we'll see what happens with that. And number one, uh, this could be like switched out with two on it. Honestly, like I'm not even ranking these properly. Uh, Unicorn Overlord. I just yeah. think it looks great. I, wow. I, I will stand here. I will, I will look God in the eye and say, do not change this game's name. Anyone who says, oh, Unicorn Lord is a stupid. No, it's so You're good. stupid. It's good. <laughs> I agree with great Nadia. Name. You are stupid. You are stupid. Because <laughs> I'm just thinking it when I heard the name, I just think of Bobby Hill saying, that's what they call Justice of the Unicorn. <laughs> so, yeah, it's just vanilla wear. I found that the thing I loved about 13 Sentinels, it was so much a we are doing what we want to do game. And I love those in this day and age. You do not get those very often. You maybe see them from super giants, things like Hades and whatnot, but it's just, Oh, oh what are we doing? Hades is it a visual two. novel? Oh no, I forgot. Hades two is going to hit early access oh, next year. Hades two is an automatic oh, number one no. for all of us. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but it's, Hades, it's we only, cheated again. It's an early access next year, oh, yeah. but early yeah. access is not, I'm not playing yeah. it until it's uh, fully released. Oh, yeah, I'm gonna, I will cave. I know I will cave. I'm not I a strong man. I mean, I won't man. be able to resist. I did love, I loved Hades. I loved oh, me it. Too. So I, yeah, but I am glad that I played it when it was done. I'm not a. I'm not the kind of person to, that interested in early access. No. I, I'm fine with waiting. It feels I'm excited to so see the early impressions. Early. It feels so early. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, Unicorn Overlord, it's mm-hmm. it, like I was saying, 13 Sentinels is like, is it a... Um, mech thing is it a visual novel yes it's all of those things <laughs> it's what it wants to be and i'm hoping that's what unicorn overload is overload i love that unicorn overlord is and i think it will be like vanilla well vanilla wear just does its own thing on its own time and i'm excited to see what's next well okay that's our top five lists for 2024 a lot of intriguing rpgs coming up and i'm just asking all of you on a scale of one to five, one being no, no bad, and five being, oh my God, this is a vintage year. This is going to be remembered among the all-time of RPG years as high as 2023. I would say 2023 was a five. Would you agree with that? That was at least a four. At least uh, a four. It was a it was a five. I th- I think if we were talking, if we were talking purely RPGs, then I think it's a four. If only because it was really propped up by some exceptional entries. But I don't know if it's not every year that you get a Baldur's Gate three, board. dude, and a Zelda. Yeah, but like I don't, I don't know. If, if all of these games that we just talked so you have about high hit, standards, I do have high standards. Wow. I do. I've only well, ever Eric, given whoa. two 100s, like full scores in my life as a reviewer. I've, I've only given, given two. Two perfect scores. Two. I have. I have. You know what games they are? Undertale and Baldur's Gate 3. That's my metric. That's what you got to clear. <laughs> well, Eric, what would you give this year in terms of your excitement level? I, it's like a th- three or four right now in terms of like anticipating. I do think we have a lot of really cool games because even with the list of five we have here, there's a lot of stuff we didn't get to. Uh, I'm particularly interested in Stalker 2, which is RPG-ish, you know, depending on your definitions. But 
Zenless Zone Zero, I think, is is going to be really interesting. Uh, Blue Protocol could be a really cool MMORPG. There's just a lot of stuff hitting. Even Grand Blue Fantasy Relink, something I wouldn't normally be into, is looking kind of neat. Uh, has like some weird, almost monster huntery vibes for me, or like Freedom Wars. If anyone remembers Freedom Wars, <laughs> oh my Freedom god, Wars! Remember Freedom Wars for the PlayStation Vita? Uh, so yeah, I I'm curious. I am. I like a three is probably where I feel it could be. It could be a banger year, but I think a lot of big RPGs need to hit for it to be that banger year, especially coming off of Baldur's Gate three and Octopath two. I also am going to say three. Uh, looking at the list, very Japan dominated. Uh, maybe the most high, the highest profile RPG that is not being developed by Japan is Stalker two. Uh, Heart of Hornoble, um, which for reasons totally outside of their control yeah. is very looking very rough so far. Um, apparently, the Gamescom demo was not amazing. Mm. So on the flip side, Stalker is... What's the word? Stalker was quite remarkable for its mechanics and its atmosphere and its storytelling. Um, maybe not as much for its polish. So maybe we'll get more of the same from that one, but uh, it doesn't seem like we have that uh, CD project slash by, Bio- well, we might get Dreadwolf next year, actually come to think of it. Uh, uh, if it if we do, <laughs> I think it's going to be later in the year. I think it's the end of year. Is looking much more. Yeah, because I think they said that their next update was going to be in the summer or something like that, or spring mm. or summer. They're going to shadow I, drop it. I think if Dreadwolf shows up next year, it's going to be in the late fall. Like I think it will a a big end of year title. It's going to be a holiday title if that. I want Dreadwolf to be good. I really do. Bioware it's, does too. It's got a. <laughs> it is in a very difficult position now with Baldur's Gate three having just come out. The, what I was saying about Dragon's Dogma two getting compared to Elden Ring—that's like a loose comparison. Baldur's Gate three to Dreadwolf is going to be a very direct comparison because yeah. <laughs> those are very much trying to do the same thing. So we had a really good discussion on a recently recorded podcast uh, with Len about sort of the direction that Dragon Age took where it started to go down that uh almost Diablo-esque route of of incorporating a lot of action RPG ideas. And I'm curious to see if that is where they have continued to go down, if it feels more action-y, and how that compares when we just had a turn-based classical CRPG win Game of the Year at the Game Awards, you know? So well Dragon Age Dreadwolf will not be a turn-based uh, CRPG. No. I can tell you that much. No. no. Yeah, no. even <laughs> Origins was was real-time with pause in, in a very classical sense. So, um, yeah, I'm curious. <laughs> I feel like I've said that about 14,000 times in this podcast. So I'll fi- I'll Are find you curious, Eric? I'm very curious. I've always been curious. There's nothing else uh, you can do on a predictive podcast like this one. Yeah, yeah. I just... What what does Dreadwolf have to do for it to you know beat the Bioware is struggling accusations? You know what does Dreadwolf need to accomplish? It can't it needs just to be, be a, a good new game. Witcher. It has it to be a to, great game. It needs to be Bioware's Witcher Three. Yeah, yeah. 
And that's a lasts. lot of pressure on a team that has faced a lot of layoffs and a lot of troubles. And I don't envy them. And I really want them to succeed because a lot of people there very clearly have a passion for what they're doing, but they, they're up against some odds. So I, I wish them luck. EA doesn't deserve Bioware. No, absolutely not. Say. Yeah. They're too good for EA. And uh, so- anyway. Yeah. Uh, Ruka brought up in the chat something that we haven't talked about yet, which is avowed a potential avowed sighting next year. Um, yeah, I guess we'll see. Um, obviously, Obsidian coming off Pentiment, really cool little game. Pa- mm-hmm. They do well with passion projects, but by all accounts, avowed. Um, you know, it's gone through some changes in the background. They've scoped it down, and it seems less intriguing to me now but maybe maybe we'll see yeah oh oh jb thank you so much i completely forgot there's a new sis and sleeper on the way oh sis and sleeper 2 i'm so excited for it oh my gosh i can't believe that's our new number one that got it that got announced in in a slew of game announcements uh and i it I mean, it, it would be cheating to make it my number one, but I, I do love that system and those ideas. And I'm really curious to see what Jump Over the Age does with a follow up to that game, because, oh, man, that first season sleeper just hit perfect time, like like just at the right time for me. So. I didn't play the original one. Yeah. Yeah. No announced release date yet, but uh, I'm curious. People do love that I will one. stop saying it, I promise. <laughs> What is the gameplay of Citizen Sleeper? Uh, is it like I a like, visual novel? Not really. It's well, it's like a tabletop game. So oh. uh, I like to describe it as survival Yahtzee, where okay. you have a Yahtzee? certain number. What a compelling like, pitch! Yeah, you have like a um, a life bar, like energy, and uh, and and kind of like life that you're trying to maintain because you are an android you're a sleeper sleepers are a citizen uh, sleeper yeah people can copy their consciousness consciousnesses whatever their 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 souls essentially copy their their selves and have it put into an ai body to go work for the mega corpse and they get paid money for it and you are one of those sleepers as it's called uh and you escape because you don't want to be just a robot for the mega corp. And so you're hiding out on this fringe station called Erlen's eye. Uh, but you need drugs to survive a, a very specific, like uh formula that, that keeps your body functioning. You need energy through food and things like that. You need money to get those things. And you're also a runaway sleeper, which is a bad thing. And people will look at you weird for it. <laughs> so you have every morning, depending on how much energy and stuff you have, you roll six sided die and you can take those die, the results, and slot them into different things. And they will have different results based on what you put in. So like a six is a guaranteed success. So you could take that six and be like, I'm going to use that to go to work today. And it will guarantee that I have a great result at work. But then you've got to put like a two, which is gar- like a 50% neutral outcome, 50% bad outcome. And now you have to slot that into, oh, picking up something from the store or something like that. And it could go bad now. Um it's a very interesting RPG system based off of a lot of really cool tabletop systems that just feels like you are playing a really robust narrative 
tabletop experience that is just catered for you. JB says it's like a classic solo RPG game book turned into interactive f- fiction. Exactly. So like the exactly. old like dungeon death trap dungeon sort of mm-hmm. style of book, I suppose. Yeah, it's it's really really wonderful. Ian Livingstone, that's in there. Um, it's it's really wonderful, and I think the themes it tackles about community and sense of self and things like that are very very powerful especially this day and age so uh it really hit at the right time for me and i really really loved it so it's it's one that i i cannot recommend enough if you've never heard of this game and anything i said interests you 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 should go play it nadia how would you rank your excitement from one to five for this upcoming year of rpgs probably like a 3.5 right now I know it's going to be a good, solid year, and I know these games have... I know at least I'll like them. I'll have to see if they wow me. There's obviously like a good potential that they will, but you just don't know is the future. Yeah, it's going to be a good, solid year. Certainly like not one of those days... Not like the olden days in like 2012 when you look at the you know millions of like Call of Duty clones coming out, and you're like, oh, well, this is going to be another shit year for RPGs. This is not going to be a shit year for RPGs. It's going to be a good, fun, colorful year at the very least. And we can look forward to that. A good, fun year for RPGs. Well, we'll be getting, potentially, a new console, friends. The Ah. follow-up. We certainly are. Nintendo Switch. It's definitely a thing that could happen in 2024. It's extremely likely. Do you think it'll happen? I feel absolutely it will happen. Um... I feel like as much as I love my Switch, it's start really starting to feel its age, and I'm noticing games that would have been a shoe in, like the new Mana game, are being excluded because uh, I'm I'm saying that you know once it's revealed, we're going to hear, hey, it's coming to Switch too as well. But for now, I think developers are to have done all they can with the Switch. I think Twilight Princess, not uh, not Twilight, I keep calling it Twilight Princess. You know that? I think Tears of the Kingdom is really like. Okay, friends, this is this is as far as the Switch goes. Let's move on. And I can certainly see us getting a Switch too. When we'll get the reveal, though, that's what I'm less less like, you know, certain about. Yeah, I a Switch too, I would like to see it. Yet every time a game comes out is very successful on the Switch, I feel like I can just see Nintendo taking the clock and, and moving it back like okay we got another year where the switch can keep making us a boatload of money and uh um, you know well, they just had the steepest drop year over year out of any of the consoles because yeah, it's I'm a six-year-old machine it will be year seven next year so it's a gotten it's a good workhorse but it's yeah. uh gotta retire it like boxer i mean at this point we're talking about a system that's running basically on souped up 360 hardware, right? They've done a great job of making this thing work, but it's a very old mobile processor. It's time for an update. I wish they would just make a new one with better graphics, but it doesn't seem like they're going to do that because they're Nintendo. So let's place your bets, folks. Will Nintendo make a Switch that is a relatively straightforward upgrade, or will they have a gimmick? What do you think, Eric? Uh, will the Switch 2 have a gimmick? Yes. Yes or no? No. I think mm-hmm. I think it's just going to be beefier because I think you don't mess with that. You don't, you know, the, the Switch is already going so strong. You've got such a strong back catalog. Why, 
why mess with that? You know, as much as I want a clamshell design, as much as I want a, a I do clamshell, want clamshell. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I do really want to see that, that flip screen, but yeah, I don't see them. I don't see them rocking the boat. I, I, I see them shoving a bunch of new chips in there. We'll probably like relatively recent chips in there and, and being like, that'll hold us for seven more years. Yeah. <laughs> on. yeah uh, so Nadia place your bets. I think that, um, as Eric says, we're going to get something beefier. We, the only stupid, stupid thing Nintendo could do right now is not make it backwards compatible. Otherwise, like anything with the name switch to anything named switch to is going to be a huge hit. And I would hope Nintendo is smart enough to realize that other people are learning how to make really beefy portables and they are going to have competition in that regard in the next generation. They're always going to be Nintendo. They're always going to have that benefit of the Switch name and the Nintendo name and, of course, their endless supply of fantastic IPs. Um, If they, again, are not stupid, they will release with a banger that cannot be ignored like they they did with Zelda and, and Mario Odyssey in the same year. I think they learned their lesson with the Wii U in that regard, or at least I hope they did, in that you can't launch with, like, Batman Arkham Asylum or whatever, a game that was, like, three years old by that point, and hope for the best. So, uh, yeah, I I think that um, we are getting a Switch 2, and I think it's not going to, like, be a huge surprise in how it's uh, assembled, except... I, I still want the clamshell. It'll be stupid and pointless and ugly, but I still want the clamshell. <laughs> Bring back the stylus, damn it. Mm, oh, I do want the stylus back because then it means they can make Pokemon Art Academy 2 the, thing I o- the only thing I want. I think we'll be getting a Switch with a gimmick. Will the Switch, be go- Switch gimmick be good? Whoops can say, but there's going to be a gimmick. And I would not be shocked if it came out with a new Mario Kart. Oh, mm. that's a big, I, I can absolutely see that. That'd be a great yeah. launch yeah. title. Yeah, 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 yeah. The it's only been a thing long it... enough time. Yeah. At this point, Mario Kart 8, people love to talk about how GTA 5 is uh, 10 years old. Mario Kart 8 will be 10 years old next year. And it's mm-hmm. still consistently one of the top 10 one of the biggest sellers every year it's It's always been there like yeah it's always selling like there's the only like nintendo launching with a mario like a regular mario game or a zelda game like that's smart but a mario kart like can absolutely not be ignored everyone will just lose their shit but my friends i feel dread in my heart i fear there will be no backwards compatibility no, oh, there has to be. I can't say they're not being. <laughs> I don't think there's going to be backwards compatibility. Why not? Uh, maybe limited. We'll see. I don't know. It's just a, it's just a feeling that I have. It makes me, I'm just nervous. It's so spotty. I think the dread in my heart that I'm feeling is that I love the Switch a lot. And I don't want to say goodbye. I don't even want to say goodbye to Nintendo Switch Online. I play a lot of those games on uh, on the, the the you know the Genesis and the N sixty four. Nintendo's historically been very bad about right wiping the slate clean. It's just too good, too much of a good thing. So I just feel like Nintendo's going to screw it up. It's that time. 
can can I ask one more bold question about the Switch too? Sure. Do we think it launches with an OLED screen? No. I would love it too, Absolutely but I don't not. know. I, I really, I really want it to launch with an OLED screen because I I thought I was stronger. I thought I was smarter. I thought I was such a clever no. boy. I was like, no. my normal launch switch, it's great. And then I just I caved one day. I was just like, you know what? That OLED does sound kind of nice. And so Dread's good. coming out. And I bought it. And I played Dread on it. And it was beautiful. I love my OLED switch so much. <laughs> and I, I, I don't know if I can go back. It's not the same. Nope. <laughs> I know what you mean. Better screen. Also, the Steam Deck OLED. You can't yeah. do that to me. You can't do that to me. I I don't need to buy Lighter, a new handheld. Better, smaller bezels, bigger screen, brighter screen, OLED screen, better do battery life. The, do you have the new one, Cat, or do you just have the old I one? I do. I do oh, have nice. a Steam Deck OLED. It was one. Yeah, that's uh, that's like you know my my uh, my dream buy, I suppose. You know what I played on it for the first time ever? Mm-hmm. Res. Oh, very you know, cool I've little I game. I haven't played Res. Res. Res is great. Got Res for it. the Dreamcast, and I played it on that. And I was like, you know what? I never played Res, but now that I have, this game really holds up. Holy cow, what a game. Yeah, I want to play it. Remarkable. It's just one of those games I never got around to, and I've always meant to. It's a, it's a really wonderful game. Is that on Switch? No. <laughs> That's funny, actually. I feel like it's on everything else. We're heading into year four of the PS5 and Xbox generation. And I'm curious, is this a year in which uh, the current generation finally arrives or has it already arrived? I mean, we've had some games that really, you know, I've said before, really felt like PS5 games. Uh, Final Fantasy 16 from this year immediately comes to mind as a game that is just you, you can't do that on the on the PS4. Same with Marvel Spider-Man 2. Uh, I've even heard that Frontiers of Pandora is supposed to be really visually impressive on the new consoles. So I do feel like we're in a fidelity sense there but we still have tons of games coming out on the old consoles like yeah. uh infinite wealth for example is coming out on old consoles and it's really interesting to see there not be a full step over when we are this deep into the console generation it feels like the longest that we have had legs between both you know just dis- not counting ubisoft keeping just dance on everything that can still run it <laughs> so, i love that i love uh, that yeah yeah, I I think we see more PS5 Series X exclusives next year than we did this year, but there's still going to be some games that just straddle the line for whatever reason, even though adoption seems like it's higher nowadays. I think that we're finally starting to see Unreal Engine 5 games. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They're going to be... They started coming out this year in a trickle. They'll be coming out that trickle will increase to more of a flow this coming year. And I think Unreal Engine 5 is kind of the big step for for console games um, in, in terms of graphics and fidelity and everything. I do think that on the, at the same time, you're going to see a lot fewer 60 FPS games uh, on console. Uh, in some ways, the PS5 and the Xbox Series X, S, 
have already in small ways started to show their age a little bit. Uh, things like Starfield running at 30 FPS in the Xbox Series X. I forgot about that. Yeah. A uh, handful of games not having performance mode uh, out of the box. There are beautiful games to be sure, but uh, the PS5 and the Xbox Series X are no longer blow the doors off fidelity, I think. so. But um, also, did you know I only played 26 hours on my PS5 this past year? Really? <laughs> wow. <laughs> Where did all, what did it go to? Final Fantasy 16. Yeah. yeah. Makes sense. And pure pool. <laughs> oh, and uh, <laughs> and Street Raid, Streets of Rage Four. I played that one too. Ooh, oh, that's a good game, though. That's yeah. that's a banger of a game, right there. Beat that one for the first time. I was like, damn. Okay, that was an amazing beat 'em up experience. Like one of wonderful. the best I've ever had. Mm. It, no slight against the PS Five. It's just that I play on PC a lot more these days. I've become one of those people. Ew. Everything comes out on PC now. Just out of out of the gate, and if I can, I'm like, well, I'm just gonna get on PC and then play on my Steam Deck if I'm not at my PC. And and there's like a press factor to it too, where like I know that if I ask for like a Switch code, it's not always going to be super easy. But like Steam codes basically fall off trees. So <laughs> uh, I learned I learned when I was very young in the in the freelance game. I'll, oh my gosh, it'll be ten years ago next year that I had started doing games media that i just like started writing games stuff oh, congratulations um that's weird to think uh but when i started out i realized that having consoles helps and is useful but honestly even back in 2014 having a pc that could run video games made you able to play a lot of stuff and get access to a lot of stuff that would have been difficult otherwise so uh yeah, I've I've been a PC player for most of my life, but definitely lately it's been nothing but PC. Console trash all the way for me, baby. Well, I'll be real. If I were not in the games media, Nadia, I would only own a S- Switch and I'd probably be pretty happy with it. Yeah, yeah. I think for a lot of families right now, they don't have a PS5. They don't have an Xbox, anything. They have the Switch. Maybe they have two Switches if they have like a multiple kid household. Maybe they have three. I mean, have you ever been in a, you grew up with siblings, you know how it can get, like, uh, everyone just trying to kill each other over the, <laughs> over the video game system. Although I was really, even my brothers weren't that big into games. I, I was the, the older was really sister, big into games. so I gave my sister my, so I gave my sister my hand-me-downs. Ah, that's nice. Uh, if, if you say so. <laughs> Here's my old stuff, sis. Have fun. That's how, that's how, uh, did you say she was an older or younger sister? Younger. Okay, yes, that's that's how we survive. I was mm-hmm. a younger sibling. You get the hand-me-downs. You you eat what you're given. Guess so. I gave her a lot of my old... I gave her my Dreamcast. Oh, uh, she must have liked that. Yeah, she did. Uh, apparently, she played a lot of Soul Calibur with my uh, father. And ah, apparently, so my cute. dad played as Voldo and would just bulldoze her. And I'm like, wow, a rite of age, a rite of passage in my family is getting bulldozed by my... Uh, getting bulldozed for her, it was uh, Voldo. For me, it was E Honda. So, mm. oh, mm-hmm. uh, the first time I played Street Fighter, I just played E Honda and, and cheesed by doing the hundred hand slap until like he would trap me in the corner, corner with that damn hundred hand slap. I'd be like, "Jeez, uh, very in hindsight, very mean, Dad. Very mean." No, you're listening to me. <laughs> you're listening to this podcast, and I know you do sometimes. 
I remember. I'm still traumatized to this day. Kids got to learn sometime. <laughs> uh, super moop. Youngest kids represent. No, I was a middle child. Middle child only girl. So that's why I am the way I am. Hello, Cal-El. It's good to see you, too. It's good to yes, see for sure. all of you. Well, I think that's about it for our 2024 preview. Uh, it'll be fun to reconvene at the end of the year. Things always change a lot. I kind of want to listen to the 2023 preview just to see what we were saying. Hey, if you've listened to it recently, do me a favor and tell me what I was predicting. I bet it was some wild stuff. I think I remember saying that Starfield was going to be really good. Probably. Yeah, but I think everyone was saying that. And then yeah. it happened. Truly. Uh, anything else you want to add before we move on? Have a happy new year. Let's all survive. Happy new year. Hope it's better than last year. And uh, shout outs to Unicorn Overlord, which yeah. is somehow by aggregation our most <laughs> hype game on this podcast. We are all vanillaware <laughs> trash, as the world should be. Well, Nadia, I'm not going to say take us home because... Uh, I didn't put the nostalgia pit in the preview, but I am going to finish with asking, uh, what's your, is there a new year's memory that stands out to you? Uh, let me think probably. Yes. When I was, uh, very small, it was, we went to a friend's house. This is actually more of a, a, a nook. Sorry to tell you. We went to a friend's house for New Year's. I was like, I don't know, like, I would have been four. I would have been around four. Hmm. And uh, that was my first time staying up until two in the morning. And I thought, wow, I'll never be able to stay up this late again. And just now I go to bed at 2 a.m. pretty much every day. But, yeah, so I actually slept over at my friend's house that night. Like, we uh, we all just kind of, like, hung out that night. And uh, that I, there was, like, this relative there who drew garfield i'm like oh my god that is like the most incredible garfield i've ever seen you're extremely talented not really realizing like it's garfield so <laughs> i don't have I'm any really major realizing. new years i don't have any major new years like uh uh memories but uh i do have a very quick christmas story that my my grandfather and my aunt kind of reacted reenacted um My grandparents, they put up a tree pretty early and they put the presents under pretty early so you can kind of anticipate the day of launch. And my aunt had a present addressed to her that was just this really heavy, interesting, unusual thing that was under the tree. And my my aunt went crazy for the days leading up to Christmas trying to figure out what this heavy, mysterious present is. Christmas Day comes around. She finally unwraps the present, this mysterious present, and it's a log, a fire log. And my grandfather says, oh, thank God, I'm waiting all Christmas for you to open that. And he t- picks it up, he throws it in the fireplace. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that rule! This is the same grandfather who uh, called my, my uh, younger brother, claiming to be the father of his Cuban girlfriend who he had at that time, don't even ask, and telling her, you got my daughter pregnant. You come back here right now. My my brother just turned away as a sheet. And like he was just a perfect, perfect accent, everything. 
So yeah, he just loved jokes like that. And on that note, welcome to 2024. And thank you so much for supporting Axe of the Blood God. May all of you play all of the RPGs and have safety, comfort, and joy with you and your loved ones as we head into yet another year. We'll be here, as always, on Saturdays at 9 a.m. Pacific, recording live for episodes that will be going up on Monday, recapping everything that's happening in the world of RPGs. And as always, I'm sure it's going to be a very busy year. In the meantime, I've been Cap Bailey. Thank you so much for listening. Please support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash bloodgodpod. Please buy our merch at shop.bloodgodpod.com and follow us on all of the platforms, including twitch.tv slash bloodgodpod. Yeah, here we go. Which will begin recording January 6th. That's a Saturday, 9 a.m. Pacific. We're going to be recording live for everybody. Wow, incredible. But we'll still be doing the pre and the post show for the Stars of Destiny. So don't you worry. Don't you forget. We'll be back next week, as always, for Nadia, Eric, Victor, and myself. Thanks so much for listening. Happy adventuring. for our safety.